Hey, Josh. Hey. Yes? Hey. Yes, Josh. Spring is our best show ever. Well, what a what a topical episode. Because Yes, this uh Lopin Ocho is actually like a very good allegory for um what Pete's Thanksgivings are like. Oh, um yeah, because this episode is gonna come out the end of Thanksgiving. Um for most people. You know, on the on the West Coast, you still gotta deal with a couple more hours of um Thanksgiving stuff, but our poor West Coast poheads. <laughs> all our our big West Coast legion. Pohead and army. Yeah. I'm well I was gonna say an army, but a legion sounds better. So yes, they are yeah. a legion. Our uh, our coastal elite poheads. Yeah, we gotta work on that. Because it is true to get as swole as we are, it, there's a science to it. It's not just an natural and elite science. So that's why we are coastal elites, because we use our um, big, big brains to get our big, big muscles. And we have muscles for days, days of muscles. All right. You look at a calendar and, you know, it's tricep Tuesday. It's um, leg day every day. It's pecs, pecs Wednesday. We just do workouts at a higher level with science in our brains because we're so big. Yes. Sure. Um, Josh, anything else to add? <laughs> nope. So, well, I figure, you know, next week, after next week, we're, we're changing things up a little bit, and we haven't really mentioned mm-hmm. it on pod, but I thought maybe it'd be worth bringing up this episode rather than next week's episode so that people have time um, to sit with this news and really internalize it. Um, so, you know, Pete, if you're cool with me going into that, I might just go into that a bit and we can talk about that. Yeah, I'm just looking how to pronounce Natasha Liu Bordizo's name. I think I got that right. Okay, so that has nothing to do with anything. But so, you know, movers and shakers, big industry, Pete and I are very important. Pete and I have lots of irons and lots of fires. Um, one of those is it's, you know, it's one of these things where sometimes if you're a big studio and you're putting out a movie, you go ahead and you buy a bunch of different URLs that are potentially associated with that movie. Even if it's not the exact name of the word, like you might buy star Wars seven, you might buy force awakens, you might buy force awakens, star Wars, all that. Just so nobody else out there eats your cake, you know? And Josh, you're you're going a little bit too industry, okay? So, oh my god, the way to think about this, Poheads, is Josh and I we've been planting some seeds, and the thing about planting seeds is they take time to grow, and they take a lot of time to find the right spot, find the yeah, right soil. But I also feel like what you're saying irrigation. isn't going to line up with what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I, th- I. And I'm looking at you're thinking about something else and I'm going to say one thing and then you're going to respond to that instead because what you're doing is probably not going to line up with it. But we can go with whatever you're saying, I guess. No, 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 no. I just think sometimes we talk over our listeners because we, you know, talk chop shop. 
um, because we're just such big business head guys. But just think about it, like planting a seed, everybody. Josh, go ahead. So anyway, we are entering the restaurant sector because it is one of these things where we didn't necessarily think we had a passion for it. But it was also this opportunity that was staring us in the face. And it was sort of like, well, whoever does this, it will be associated with us and with our good name, whether we are behind it or not. It's just going to draw comparisons to us. So it may as well be us. And so with that in mind, Pete and I have been working for a while now to launch uh, a new restaurant, Po' Boys, Po' Boys, which is Po' Boys, Po' Boys sandwich store. Uh, we had kind of there were kind of mutterings among the underground restaurant community. I don't know if you've seen Pig. Those guys, they were talking about... Oh, Nobody's seen gonna, Pig. Somebody's going to open this <laughs> Po' Boys, Po' Boys. You better jump on it. And so we are going to jump on it. And we've been putting a lot of work into that. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it was going to open this week, this Thursday. But we realized that was Thanksgiving. So we've changed it. It's going to, you know, the grand opening is going to be December 25th. So we've got a little more time to plan for that. But uh, with that in mind... That will mean we're going to be focusing a lot of our energies into this restaurant. And so uh, we are going to be taking a break from weekly Poe Boys episodes until the launch of that restaurant. After we finish Visions, this week's episode, next week's episode, we'll have discussed all the Visions. Uh, 2020 Boys Season 1 will be complete. We will have done this podcast every week for the last 185 or so weeks. And we're going to take a few weeks off there to launch the restaurant. The restaurant is, of course, launching on December 5th. And then after the restaurant is launched, uh, Book Boba Fett will be coming back. And we will be coming back to discuss Book Boba Fett. So after next week, there will maybe not be, there won't be, there won't be new Poe Boys in your feed for a few weeks there. But we will return stronger than ever and with a big, new, exciting restaurant that I'm sure we'll tell you all about when we come back after uh that launches yeah and josh i 100 percent knew that because obviously i'm on i'm bcc and on the emails and yeah which is why the analogy definitely did work it definitely it definitely did work because (laughs) we're planting a new business and sure (laughs) um there's just so much that goes into it yeah right like what type of lettuce because me personally, I don't have issues with iceberg, but we want those super greens. Okay. You need those super greens, everybody, because we in this country we have this vitamin deficiency. So, yeah, VD it's called. Yeah. You know, we got to get those vits in our customers. And with that being the case, we. We have our hands in a lot of different pots right now. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, not to talk any more industry, because I'm sure our listeners are just like rolling their eyes like, oh, cool. The Pubways are starting another successful chain. They've had such successful podcasts. They have that fashion line of all those. Can't help but be who we are. Which Pubways Emporium, not spelled the correct way. Right. On Etsy. Right. What a great Christmas gift. Now. The one thing I will say, too, is we have a fiduciary responsibility to our um, our stockholders, which is Josh and I. Right. Yeah, and we are not on the market. To you, the consumer, 
a couple things about this restaurant. One, um, we did get all of the po' boys with our bare hands. We know exactly where everything is. It's um, farm to mouth. Um, no, we are form. no tables actually. Just straight to your mouth, farm to well, mouth. That, that's the no thing tables. too is. Um, and sitting John, is the new smoking. No, and there are no, going to be bar stools, but they're going to be mostly for to look at. No, no lie, no lie, listener. And please listeners. don't lie, Pete. All right. The reason we're not having tables, and you might be thinking, "Hey, what about brunch? You know, what about being at Po Boys, Po Boys to kind of exchange ideas?" And that's fine. But tables are also the devil. Because Josh yeah. and I, we were we were scouting some locations and th- and looking at like, oh, what are some successful you know restaurants that we know of, and we were at a table, no lie, listener, for like three hours, and oh, yeah. this is no lie, no lie, we genuinely three, not a lie. We were there for three hours in the cold with yep. no food. Yep. And it's like, why does that place exist? It shouldn't. It should it be burned heinous. to the ground. I mean, it's good, it but it should be burned to the ground, and, and in the ashes, po' boys, po' boys. Sure, yeah, and of course, you can't forget. Table has four legs. Has a top of the table. Has a bottom of the table. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Number of the beast. Geometrically speaking, they are bad uh, and satanic. And I do want the devil to be canon in Star Wars. I do not want the devil to be canon in our restaurant. So it's decisions like these, and it's you know, you think about one of the things I always talk about. In, in terms of Star Wars that makes it a lot different than like your Marvel movies so to speak is like a majority of your Marvel movies there's a part of it that takes place in our world whereas a Star Wars movie everything you're seeing on screen is is made for the movie more or less right like even the cups and just you know the, the amount of detail and we do intend on injecting that level of control and creativity into our restaurant so i mean it's it's a lot to pick out you got to pick out these bar stools people are going to look at but not be allowed to stand or sit on i uh, gotta pick out you know what the floor is going to look like where the table would be if we had them what the cups look like with silver and all this stuff is it even going to be silver so there's a lot of decisions a lot on our plate uh so yeah all that in mind this week's episode you're listening to now and then next week's episode and then we're going to take a breather come back with book boba fett when that airs after our Pobos Pobos restaurant and launches. Listen, some people might say, labor market's tough. Why haven't you posted any job hiring for this? And the reason for that is we're in the trenches, all right? We're in the, we're in the kitchen. We're moving the product. When we get to that stage, it's going to be one of the best jobs in town. I'm talking sure. PTO. I'm talking choose your own hours as long as we dictate them and you're there. We're talking um, PPE. We're talking masks. We're talking just good old times, retirement account, you know, the works. Because this isn't a job for the timid. People are going to go around the block for a Po' Boys, Po' Boys. Oh, yeah. They are going to be very good. They are going to be worth it. And. You know, I'm also, you know, I, I already can hear listeners typing up emails come December when we come back in the restaurant lunch. Oh, I never saw any job listing. Yeah, well, maybe we didn't post it online because did you know that there are plenty of people in this country with Internet insecurity that don't have ready access to the Internet and it is spotty at best? 
And so maybe we want to reach those people instead of just the internet elite. So just because you didn't see a job listing doesn't mean it's not out there, you know? So leave us alone. Yeah, I mean, ears ears to the floor, eyes on the street, hearts to the wind. Look at a bulletin board. Why don't you? I better yeah, go to a little coffee shop. I better I better hiring. Board. Yeah, go to the coffee shop. Go wander shop. around your neighborhood. How about look at a telephone pole? How about go wander around your neighborhood? How about look at a telephone pole? How about you see a lost dog flyer? Listen, Tear that lost dog flyer down. What's under that lost dog flyer? Oh, it's a little number tab sheet. Call for a Pobo's Pobo's job. Go to your church. Look at the weekly announcements. I bet there's something there. Maybe it's Pobo's Pobo's. Maybe. All right. Most likely. Stay, stay for the soul. Now, that's exciting. All right. So we have this Thrilling. episode. Um, happy Thanksgiving, Josh. Hey. Yeah, that's true. This airs on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Hopefully, we're both no worse for wear after our Wednesday drives. Yours sounds like it'll probably be a lot more brutal than mine. Hopefully. Yeah. No and and it, is, it is more brutal because... It's a little bit longer, and I do this thing where I lift for the homeless. So sure. uh, they'll just ask me to lift stuff, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really more to that. Um, but I, but I, you know, just stop around. And a lot of times, people are like, "Oh my gosh, they can lift that much stuff." Then I get money on the street. Then I give it to the homeless. Um, kind of like a little, a little show showing off, showing off my huge, huge muscles. Well, let's get into our news, which I'm relatively excited about, and you know, oh. we, can talk, we can talk about the. Is it Ahsoka or Mandalorian season three um, casting? Oh yeah, I'm glad you remembered that. Uh, it's Ahsoka. It's the Ahsoka show. We had some casting news about the Ahsoka show. Now, this is not like I haven't seen this on like StarWars.com or any official Star Wars capacity, but I'm pretty sure I saw it in like. Vanity Fair and some I mean it it seems pretty legit. It's not just clickbait sites that are reporting this, so I feel I feel fine uh talking about this tidbit. Yeah, and I would have felt fine anyway because I'm so excited about this. Um sure. so we have some we have some casting um announcement. They have cast Sabine Wren. And... I'm going to sneeze here in a minute, but just keep on going. Yeah. Feel free to... Oh, you don't have a mute button on your side, do you? Nope. Okay. Um, and, 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 and Star Wars. Okay. So, Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian, um, one of the main characters from Star Wars Rebels. Really, really cool character. I'm not going to go into any detail of her char- of what she is on Star Wars Rebels, but Rebels does expand a lot of the Mandalorian lore, so... We had talked about on um, Pedro Boys. When is she going to be coming? Uh, because yeah. there's some people from Rebels that are Mandalorians that are in Episode 3. So I was like, when is she coming? But we also know that there's a specific plot line from the end of Rebels with Ahsoka, which makes sense why she would be included. So we won't get into any details or spoilers about that. But... It is interesting. Uh, the person that was cast for yes. S- Sabine, her name's Natasha Liu Bordizo. And if you're big on Netflix, you you would know this person. So um, she is in Crouching Tiger, 
hidden dragon sword of destiny and she's in the society which i have not seen either of those but on netflix they have the like top 10 shows in the country both of those have been on that top 10 list in the last year so it's like shown up nice. on my list so um she has she i'm i'm sure she has an audience i have not seen her in particular um maybe i can scroll down and see if there's a more recent project that i've seen yeah i mean i i recognize i knew there was a crouching tiger hidden dragon sequel on netflix so i mean i'm familiar that that exists i'm not familiar with her work specifically though i don't think i've actually seen any of the stuff she's in mm -hmm. but yeah. pretty exciting man i love that character i do think i do find it hilarious i think she will be great i find it hilarious and very true to form that they have cast someone so young in that role uh even in a time so this is all this stuff i think is like six years after return of the jedi right and last last season on pedro boys going through season two of mandalorian we talked a little bit about age and star wars being kind of funny and the oh, fact for sure. that like bo katan is is older than boba fett like mm -hmm. probably fairly significantly older than boba fett like she's mm -hmm. a grown woman in clone wars when boba fett is like a kid Right. And now in Mandalorian, you look at them and you're like, oh, that's not true. Both that's like 100 years older than her. And while Rebels well, was on... It... And remember, it's it's the Tatooine sand. Sure. It gets everywhere. Of course, gets everywhere. While Rebels was on, without going too much into that show, uh, Sabine is, is a pretty young character in Rebels. But as that show goes on, they divulge more and more of her life and more and more chapters of her life and right. it got to the point where people were like well wait a minute how old is she she's a teenager how has she lived all of this life mm -hmm. so that she is going to pop up again here and also still be relatively young um i i, I find that kind of funny i mean i'm getting no 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 complaints i just i had a good chuckle over that because it reminded me of all the uh how old is this lady you she know, she's 20 yeah she she's so this actress is 27 mm -hmm. um could play same younger, age as pete and I. same age as pete, <laughs> same age not in terms of the mind We're i think very, she's very an older old. 27 than us though we both have um late birthdays she yeah she's on the tail end of 27 and Probably yeah pete be... and i actually just turned where are we yeah we just turned 27 pretty recently yeah so well, I, I'm. It's interesting that you steer in the conversation in that direction because I was thinking about this, um, because you know you said that Bo-Katan was live action and in the cartoon is the same act actor, right? Case Agoff. And there was some call for Tia Sakar to I, be. I do think that would have been great. I do. I think, I, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm really curious, and Josh. I don't think you're. Are you aware of like her um, Twitter presence at all? No, I I feel like I remember her making some sort of blunder and then trying to backpedal it. But I, you know, I'm not on Twitter. I I don't really follow too much of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she she is very. I'm not gonna say at Gina Corinna level because like there's not people that are like that. But she is very active for progressive policies. So she retweets stuff. She 
interacts with stuff. She was very vocal during the Trump administration. She's a very left-leaning person. I'm curious if that had any any factor. Now, I will say that Natasha Liu Bordizo looks like Sabine, like a very believable Sabine character. But, you know, we've talked about this before of if Disney likes you, they'll throw you in there. Like Rosario <laughs> Dawson, she does not have an Ahsoka voice. It's Rosario Dawson dressed up like Ahsoka, acting like Ahsoka it is not Ashley Eckstein's voice whatsoever. Yeah, but then, you know, I going back a few years, I remember they, you know, would show that solo teaser trailer and they did not include any of Alden Ehrenreich's dialogue in that first trailer. And there was a lot of like, oh, is he going to do an impression or what? And then come solo, he didn't. He didn't do a Harrison Ford impression. He didn't even really try. And I think that was the right idea. Um, and, I, you know, I do think there's something to inhabiting a character beyond just like the most broad stroke of what they look like and what their voice sounds like. I mean, these, these are characters that, especially for, you know, fans of Rebels who have spent a lot of time with these characters, there's more there than just an appearance and a sound bite. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I did think when they cast um, Kay Sackhoff, I, did, I remember thinking that Tia Sarkar was, was somebody else who I thought could could translate to live action for that character pretty well, but... Who knows? Yeah, Maybe I mean, she's busy with a good place sequel. Um, the better place, but nailed it. I'll I'll just make I'll just make the bet here. Um, we're probably gonna see Taylor Gray. No way. They already had they already had so many rumors about somebody else being cast in that role, and then I believe Rosario Dawson also had a social media post that also seemed to imply that someone else had been cast in that role. Really? Okay. Yeah. It hasn't really broke or like been reported anywhere. Because back that I trust, so we haven't mm-hmm. talked about it here. Because but... back like what four years ago, when we were at a uh, Ruby Tuesdays with Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he obviously has the voice of Ezra. He's the voice of Ezra. Um, but you know, he at various interviews, he's like, "I relate to this person because he looks like me." And we both and, have jeans with lots of holes in them. Yeah. And we both need a seat at Ruby Tuesdays because we're traveling by ourselves. But he is, I mean, he's a voice actor. He hasn't really done any role, like um, live action roles that I've seen ever. Well, how um, hard have you looked? Not at all. Yep. Yep. Okay. But <clears throat> that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to be curious if we ever talk about those rumors to see what that conversation looks like. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested um, to see, to see how that pans out. And I mean, it is one of these things where it's like, you know, you, you and I are, are talking about, oh, we don't even know if Taylor Gray has like much of a live action presence or, you know, and obviously with, with Tia Carr, she's in good place and she is in a few other things, but like Katie Sackhoff was was a presence in genre entertainment even before she had a place in, in Star Wars and in Clone Wars because she was on Battlestar Galactica and she's been on a lot of other TV shows. She's been in some pretty good genre movies that are out there. So like she comes as a brand onto herself already in a way mm-hmm. that Tia Sakar 
or Taylor Gray don't don't necessarily. So I, you know, maybe that has a bit of a, a part to play in it as well. I don't know. But well, I'm, I'm pumped to see the character in live action. I don't know anything about this actress. So I'm sure she'll do great. And I'm going to lose it when she shows up in live action, just like I did when Ahsoka did. So, Well, it's also going to be so interesting, too, because of the characters in Rebels, Sabine was one of the most uh, mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's doing multiple backflips. Yeah, insulting, very vertical. Insulting bucket heads. She's spray painting stuff. And then at the same time, she's a monster for what she did to her family. Yeah, um, she's a monster now, for all the graffiti. For all the graffiti, like who who has to clean that up? But um, I actually I kind of relate this to. This is Sabine Wren at her peak, basically, because she's you know battled for all those years. It's like five years later. Um, you know, she's in her twenties, presumably or whatever. So you were getting kind of. Unless there's been some, you know, big scarring event, which, based on Rebels, there hasn't been. Um, we are gonna get kind of gonna be getting a character that's at their most capable <coughs> in a bunch of these scenes. Um, and I know people have been dying to see her in the Mandalorian, so it's gonna be super, super exciting. And I look forward to seeing um, Natasha Leo Bordizu what she ends up doing. Um, I think she's going to do a good job. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I just, I, I enjoy that character quite a bit. Um, yeah. Super excited. I am realizing now, you know, her being 27 or so, that actually kind of pretty much lines up perfectly with rebels. Cause I think she was supposed to be a teenager in rebels. So, you know, you say she's 19 Mandalorian takes place. What? Six years after that. It works out fine. But I do. It is still again. Well, and and Taylor Gray is twenty eight. Yeah, he is uh, very old. Yeah, yeah. One might say one might say he's too old for Hollywood. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yep. Taylor, if you're listening, if you want to jump on the Po Boys fitness routine, try and get yourself a shot on there. Yeah, man, could be worth it. And I, I feel bad because it is unfortunately this bar that you know, for being too old for Hollywood, that he is always, unfortunately, going to be doomed to be above because, and, you know, P and I aren't making people do this. We, you know, put the bar wherever you want. I don't think it's fair to even have a bar. Get rid of the bar. Get rid of the bar entirely. But for whatever reason, you know, at the end of every fiscal year, when Hollywood sends out the newsletter to everybody, letting them know what's too old for Hollywood, it does end up just going up one year to what Pete and I's age are, uh, which is right now is 27. And unfortunately, Taylor Gray is 28. Uh, and, you know, I precedent would dictate that come this time next year, they're going to bump it to 28. And we're and a young Taylor 27. Gray will be 29. We're you a know? young 27. All right. We're not I on the back end. emphasize enough how young a 27 Pete and I are. We are pretty much 26. I was 26 Actually, hold on. Let me. How long are we? 27 minutes or so we've been recording. I was actually 26 when we started this episode, when we started recording it. So I'm listen. We're very young, 27. No lie. So we had this party, um, just a company party, had some of the usuals and, you know, some people in the Star Wars family, you know, um, because let's make this a happy family. And people were going hard. Like, you know, blue milk left and right, going milk for milk. 
And a lot of people in their, you know, at 27 or older, they wake up the next morning and they're they're feeling it. I got to say, Josh, you and I, we were up early, ready yep. to go and watching TikToks. Sit- Watching TikToks and ready to sit at a table for three hours yep. to do some kind of scouting on what we don't want Po Boys Po Boys to have. Yes. Yeah. So casting news, that's big. And then now that we've finally gotten that boring crap out of the way, the big, huge, exciting Star Wars news of the week is, of course, that Dark Horse Comics uh, once again has a Star Wars license and is going to do star wars comics dark horse had star wars comic book license for a long time uh throughout the 90s and probably earlier and later i don't remember the exact years but for for a while they were star wars comics and they did all of the in continuity pre-disney era star wars comics you know uh crimson rain or whatever with the imperial guards and all kinds of cade skywalker you know, all kinds of exciting Star Wars stories were told via the Dark Horse Star Wars comics line, and then Disney bought Star Wars. Marvel reacquired the publishing license to Star Wars comics, but last week they announced that Dark Horse is going to publish um, in continuity Star Wars comics as well. Marvel is just going to continue doing it, so now there are three different comic book publishers publishing Star Wars comics, so... You are uh, not going to be wanting for for that, I suppose. Um, I in the announcement they said it was going to be like sequel era, High Republic era, you know, all across the board for Star Wars comics coming from Dark Horse. Uh, what flavor that will take, I don't know. Like IDW, their comics I think are tend to skew a little younger than the you know main Marvel line. So I don't know if there's going to be some sort of age group bracket that dark horse is planning to capitalize on there or what and again the marvel comics i guess are still gonna continue on as is but interesting stuff fascinating most exciting star wars news of the week welcome back to the family dark horse and let's be a happy family and let's make this the best show ever let's make this the best show ever and if i'm checking my watch correctly yes it was 26 27 minutes ago and evil does die tonight Yep, and that is the evil of putting all those calories in your bellies, listeners, okay? Just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat all that food at Thanksgiving, okay? And, of course, the evil of mean sisters. Evil of mean sisters, oh my gosh. I won't... uh, The good thing they don't listen to the podcast, am I right, evil sisters? (laughs) Take that, Ocho. Um, Oh, yeah, well... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and there's our transition. So this week, we're covering Lop and Ocho, which Lop is... and Ocho. Which is episode eight um, in Star Wars Visions. This, we're, you know, putting our 2020 boy hats. And this is produced by Gino Studio, which is a relatively new studio. It's a subsidiary of another studio with a bunch of anime projects I have never heard of. Not to say that that's bad. Anime is not really my thing. But that is the studio. Um, the cast is relatively... Are people that I've never really heard of before. Which is kind of Same. interesting. And I, without getting too ahead of ourselves, I had a vested interest in, in looking at the English cast for this. Because I did think... Um, I thought Lop in particular 
was was very well performed. Mm-hmm. But I did not recognize uh, the voice actors for this. Yeah, Lop. Um, Lop was by was Anna Cathcart. Ocho mm-hmm. was Hiromi Dams. Um, the dad Yazaburo, which I'm never gonna say again. Um, was Paul Nakuchi. Um, who I vaguely remember. No, I I've I've never seen this person before in my life. Um, but it looks well, apparently like he was in Squid Game, so most of America has now seen him. Really? Okay. What was he? Who is he in? Well, you know. That's 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 very interesting. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, this is an interesting um, episode. It's certainly not. Well, you know what? It, it's definitely the middle of the road for me. So this episode, like Josh, you were insinuating, is about sisters. <coughs> well, a little bit about sisters, a little bit of that kind of fast and furious adoptive family, the family you choose type of type of vibes going on. Uh, I, I found this narratively very compelling. Yeah, I um, I know that you always want to cut stuff. And there's certainly parts of this that I wouldn't mind cutting. Yeah, the very but, beginning, where it's just a big exposition dump. But I would love like a, a two-minute thing. At, like, who hurt Ocho to go from that girl that basically adopts them, um, lop into the family, to that? Um, yeah like, and it again like an episode this short you don't really I, I think an episode like this having a background like you or I where we've encountered so 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 freaking many the empire comes to town stories to, to me I could kind of fill in the blanks of that like you have characters who are like no rebellion at all costs and then you have characters who say this is not perfect but people around me will not get hurt if I acquiesce to this. And I, I mean, and granted, I don't think we have enough time. I don't think they give Ocho all that motivation really, but it, it kind of seemed like that was her kind of deal was like, no, what my dad is doing is just going to get all of us blown up and it's just going to be chaos. And this is like a way, like this is just the new order of things. Just fall in line and we'll be fine. And let me remove a veil of you defending Ocho. They just straight up have slaves, right? That's how they find her. Is she's one of the slaves that come to the planet to presumably that's a different planet. No, she's from a different planet, but she's a slave brought to the planet, and she is no. They find her on a different planet and free her, and then they go to a second planet because that's what um, uh, Lop says at the end. You found me on different on another planet. Interesting. Okay, that I didn't read. I didn't read that at all. Um, but what guys dialogue? You um, wouldn't have read it. You have heard it, Pete. Come on. Okay, Josh. So clearly, someone didn't rewatch the Josh, episode before they recorded. Josh. So, are you clearly saying that? All right, let's um step on the soapbox. All right, let's hear. Sounds it. like someone. Sounds like someone didn't watch the episode before we recorded. Did you have you seen this episode, Pete? Did you actually watch it? Have you ever actually seen Star Wars before, Pete? Like, are you just, like, waiting for me to say, like, really cool hot takes and then you just latch onto them like a remora? Is that what this is? Is that what this has been all this time? I always wondered, like, how come every time I say anything super smart, Pete just says the exact same thing? And now I'm like, 
Oh, maybe he didn't even watch it. Maybe he just was like listening to what I'm saying and then just like repeating it. But like with synonyms. Is that what's going on here? Are you crying? Um, sorry, no, I was I was I just got a drink. What were you saying? Was that you sobbing? No, I was just finishing my drink. Um sorry. Was you sobbing? So great point, Josh. Now one thing is I just wish I just wish that we could see what the thing was that caused Ocha to have just such a stark contrast to the family. But you know, it's not hugely necessary. Well, you rebel against your parents, you know. Yeah, and it's like, how did he get that other eye out? Like, did she do that? She's so she was so nice before. Where's the mom? You know, is it because he's a single dad, which is why she rebelled? Uh, because uh, this is this might be an attack on single dads in yeah. Star Wars, and we know yeah. we know that Star Wars hates moms. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole episode on that. So obsessed with that. Oh my gosh. So is Star Wars obsessed with the nuclear family? It's it seems like it. Um, you know, a, a mom and a dad, two kids, or one point five kids in a fence. You know, house with a picket fence. Eh, it just seems a little, a little um, less than ideal for the idea that Star Wars is for everybody. Yeah, way to go, Visions. Way to go. So on our, do I don't know if we did a preview episode of Visions or if we just talked about the trailer for Visions while we were talking about something else. Probably that because it's probably yeah, during did, High did, Repo Timber. But we didn't, we, we didn't do a preview yeah. episode of everything. But I pretty definitively explained to our audience that rabbits are not cool. They're actually uncool. And they're actually very lame, based on the trailer. And then watching this episode, I actually like Lob a lot. And I think Lop is one of my favorite characters to come out of Visions. And I, I would argue might actually be my favorite character to come out of Visions because the other characters I like in Visions, I mean, they're, 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 technic- they're technically characters, but they don't really, you know, the guy at the end of the first episode, like, yeah, he's like a character, but he's not really doing anything. You know, yeah, he's got like canon. an interesting backstory that makes my imagination real. But as a character, he's 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 just looks cool. And I thought Lot's whole, you know, being adopted into a family and then trying to keep that adoptive family who is like they are connected by blood. They are, you know, on paper, they are tighter, but they they're splintering and she's trying to keep them together. And I, I found that super compelling. And again, the the voice acting, the voice performance for that that little bunny lady I thought was excellent. And yeah. I, I I was wrong. Rabbits can be cool sometimes. I was wrong. I'll be the first to admit it. Well, it's also interesting to think of... I, I'm focusing more on the slavery component of this because that is... you know They, they enslaved the bunny class and in Star Wars we've seen them do that to the Togrudas. Mm-hmm. And then I guess on Tatooine, but it's kind of like a mix. Because like Anakin is a slave and then they don't really get in like uh, presumably all those kids that Anakin hangs out with in episode one are slaves but this is sure but you don't know who Kitster is this is Pete what do you not know who Kitster is 
Yeah, Kitster. The the Rodian. The Rodian Kitster. Wow. Yeah, Kitster. We're going to need to take a longer break than I thought so that you can actually watch Star Wars. Okay. Anyway, it is interesting. It is interesting to think about why they picked this specific class to be a slave class in this episode. Now, I don't think that there was a ton of planning from like the story group or anything like that, but it had it did have me thinking about the slave episodes from Clone Wars. Yeah, with then... the cat people, they're like associated mm-hmm. with that. I forget their names. I think it starts with a T as well. Mm, Tigerian. That sounds about right. Oh, and, yeah, because yeah. they also pop up in Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. have and have some, I think, slaves there as well that are that are mostly people. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mix, but more on the human side. Mm. Um, but yeah, it had me. It had me kind of thinking about that of why this in particular. Um, I'm just kind of speculating that because like in the Degruta episodes on Clone Wars with the, with um, the slave arc, it's because they're relatively peaceful. Nobody's going to notice. They're not super connected to um, the New Republic as much, mm-hmm. which is a lot different from the um, High Republic stuff. But I'm yeah, gonna I'm not going to dig deep too deep into that. So it just I was just. It had me speculating about that that particular thing because you, you do make an active choice of, you know, why this species in particular, why to have the slave arc. It couldn't just be, you know, she's on the streets and she's hungry. It has to be, oh, the Empire is enslaving her and they're going to let her go. Um, yeah, so that, not, nothing too much to add from there. Yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I don't know. I just thought, now look, I rewatching it today, you know, there are parts of it. I was kind of like, uh, you know, more visions. I get it. But I will say before I rewatched it, looking back on it, having only watched the, the dubbed ver- or the subtitled version um, two months ago, it was one of the ones I found myself remembering most fondly. I was actually excited to, to rewatch it. And it, I don't know, it's just very, uh, very interesting it's the most it's it's my favorite story i think of them you know that first one that i like so much the duel is great action set piece but you know story is pretty much just a stranger comes to town but i i I really enjoyed the story of this i really liked lop as a character and uh, the voice performance there didn't love the you know imperial joker looking fella can take or leave it kind of found that yeah, but it's it's know. good if you don't like him, right? Like, yeah. See, that's one of these things I don't buy. That's like mm-hmm. that's the Snoke and Palpatine of it all. Like, oh, they're gross, they're ugly. It's good that you don't like them. No, no, no. Give me that creepy guy from the Elder. That's intriguing to me. Scare me or something. Not this freaking Juggalo bozo. Mm-hmm. But he didn't play that big of a part in it. Um, I would watch. I would. I would watch a sequel to this episode. I would. It would be. I would be most excited to see a follow up to this episode. So I've been watching. I just finished the Cowboy Bebop live action oh. um, on on Netflix. Um, big fan, and I was watching some of the um, Cowboy Bebop. You of course Bebop. hate the anime. Um, and you said they did it wrong. The anime. So- you said the anime did it wrong, but the Netflix show was really good. 
was what you were saying earlier. So insofar as it's the gold standard, then yes. And a lot of a lot of people say that the dubbing was like really, really great in um, Cowboy Bebop. And I think it's because I had just watched a bunch of those episodes that I noticed the dubbing in this was really bad. It didn't really take me out necessarily um, because a lot of the most impactful scenes were dialogue where you don't see the characters' mouths because they're fighting. And that fight scene's relatively cool. Um, It kind of diminishes the power of a lightsaber because she basically slashes her sister into an X and then she's fine. Um, Yeah, maybe she had good armor. Yeah, I guess she had good armor. Which is like, why doesn't her dad have face armor? I don't know. <laughs> and and speaking on the dubbing, last week for the elder, I kind of talked about how in, in watching the dub, I sort of felt cognizant of as the English voice actors dubbing over the animation, mm-hmm. you had to be, you know, it wasn't animated to your performance. So you're performing to the animation. So like a lot of times it would feel like maybe the line was stunted because it had to fit in between the time that the animated character's mouth opened and closed. Like when they started talking, when they stopped talking. And this time around in this episode, I also kind of became cognizant of with Ocho in particular and, and that actor's performance having to emotionally match the animation. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't, it's which is an interesting to think about because you you know you like think as an actor you get the dialogue and then you the actor decide where you're at emotionally with this dialogue or you know what volume you're going to be at you know whether you're going to be screaming something or hissing something to convey the emotion you feel from that dialogue but you don't really I'm assuming you know get get that option with this and Ocho does a lot of very big talking like if you watch this on mute. Ocho, Ocho's that mouth is going. She is looking right. super mm-hmm. intense and like screaming and yelling. Like mm-hmm. she's at she's at eleven the whole time, pretty much. And I yeah, I, I wonder if if that makes it difficult for because like maybe you're, you know, reading that dialogue and you're like, Why well, I, I wouldn't do this at eleven? But you kinda hinder well, by the animation. I don't know. You know, you you don't know because if your family's falling apart you know, does a normal six turn into an eleven on the voice scale and the stress scale, right? So, but how do you communicate an eleven, right? Because maybe you know, for some people, maybe an eleven is they get very quiet and very stern, and they point their finger and they are very. This is this is me at an eleven right now, as opposed to like this is me at eleven right now, you know. And I mm. I felt like that was. I felt a disconnect there maybe in that, in that the performance, it felt like it was aiming for the animation, but maybe didn't quite hit as raving as the character appeared to be or something. I don't know. It's all very interesting. It's all very interesting. Voice acting is a, is a heck of a trade and a heck of a skill. I wish I had it, but I don't. So congrats to all of them. But. So Josh, do you have a final point, uh, a final comment before I give mine? No, you can go first, and then I'll give mine, actually. Okay, so we're going to do that. Um, I am thankful that I'm not the only irresponsible person in the Star Wars family. Because this episode is basically telling kids, hey, you have an umbrella? 
jump off a building. You'll 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 float. Um, and that's incorrect. And they shouldn't have they shouldn't have done they shouldn't have showed a space umbrella. And that's my comment. Go ahead, Josh. My comment is just to reiterate that I am a big man with a big heart and I am very valiant and I do admit when I'm wrong. And I think on the whole, rabbits are not cool and are, are in fact uncool. But th- that is not set in stone and that lop was cool and rabbits can be cool. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, a shark can leap out of the water, but like most sharks aren't going to leap out of the water. You know, it's one of those kind of things. So I will no longer... Um, perpetuate the uh, gross misinformed opinions that I previously put forth on this podcast that rabbits are entirely uncool. They are usually uncool, but that is not a hard and fast rule. And, uh, you know, my family and I apologize to anyone in the rabbits that was offended by that. Um, And I'm going to take this time to listen. And, I am fast and swole, and you too, you can be too, but this Thanksgiving, just relax, okay? Um, We're going to have one more episode, and then take a few weeks off, and we'll be announcing our newest project, um, which has not not been formally announced yet. Maybe we'll do that on the next episode. Maybe we won't. And with that, uh, podcast at gmail.com is our email if we're on social media, you can probably find us and and funny and capable. And we'll see you next week for the last episode. Akiri. See you. Ooh.